Well, Happy New Year. 2022 is officially gone. I mean, it felt like it was a blink of an eye. And 2023 is here today. Now, I, f- I, hope and, I hope and pray that your 2022 was filled with many blessings. I know that year, this past year, was filled with many blessings for me personally and with Bobby. Um, and if 2022 was challenging for you, I hope and pray that God gives you the answers that you seek, the blessings that you long for. 2023 is going to be a fantastic year for our church. That's what I believe at least. Because in 2023, how I want us to start today is to focus on building God's temple. Building God's temple. That's our series for January. And the subtitle, our focus of topic for today is the presence of God. There is no God's temple if God's presence is not there. You might know these pictures here that I'm going to show you shortly. I'm still coughing. I'm sorry, but I am completely better. (coughs) (coughs) These are the remains of a temple in Jerusalem. Another shot at a different angle. In this particular picture, we actually see a plaque describing what's happened here. Collapsed on the paved streets are stones of the western wall of the Temple Mount enclosure. They were hurled down by the soldiers of the Roman Legion after the destruction of the temple on the ninth day of the month of of 70 AD, AV, yeah. So this are the remains, these rocks are the remains of the temple that was destroyed in 70 AD. That was a common practice that the ancient civilizations did. That when one conquering nation came into the weaker nation, they would try to cut them off from anything that was meaningful to them. So in that regard, the greatest meaning to any civilization back then was their God. And when Babylon came in to destroy Jerusalem, they destroyed the first temple that was made by Solomon. Then afterwards, a few years later, when the Persian nation conquered Babylon, the Persian nation then said, hey, let's have the Jews rebuild their temple. The Jews loved that idea because they can worship God once again. So they praised, I believe it was King Darius who made that decree. They praised them for it. We can rebuild our temple. We can rebuild our church, our place of worship because the temple, the reason why it's significant is because it's God's presence with the people. So that that second temple was finalized and built in, I believe, 515 BC. And it stood for several centuries until the Romans came in to destroy it. And this time, it seems like it's been permanent because it has not been rebuilt for a third time. 
So what I want to propose for us today is, in the month of January, I want us to focus on building God's temple. Not rebuilding, because we're not rebuilding the temple of Jerusalem here, but I want us to build a temple of God here in this sanctuary, here in this place, so that way we can have God's presence in Castle Rock. So God's presence can be here at this hospital with the patients, with every hospital worker, starting with Jeremy and, and Chappie back there and the rest of the, the hospital team. That's what I want to propose for us today. I would like us to focus on this for the month of January. You know, I was thinking about it. Do I give a, a message on resolutions, New Year's resolutions? Oh, I think that's, that's overdone. This one to me is more at heart because these last few months I've been thinking about how we've been blessed as a church and we have been blessed. We have Russell and other praise teams coming up here to lead music. We have a partnership with Franktown where they're providing musicians. That's a blessing. We have this place of worship and we thank the hospital for that. We have our health. But then at the same time, if I can be very vulnerable and open to you as a pastor, I want us to grow. And in speaking with the church family, you too want to grow. You know, we had a church business meeting last month to end the year of 2022. And the overall consensus of that business meeting is this, growth. Growth. Some want growth financially. Others want growth in our ministries, children's and youth ministries, outreach community ministries. Others want growth within numbers in the church. Someone actually asked me, well, what will you do if you end up filling the conference room? I don't know, but that's going to be a good problem to have, right? Growth seems to be the next step for us. So then I asked the question to myself, well, how does a church grow? I spent many nights thinking about that. I asked friends, I asked fellow colleagues, fellow pastors, I, I asked uh, even you here, how does a church grow? Some have said music and praise. Others have said a vibrant children's youth ministry, while others said dynamic sermons, or fellowship and social events. You know what? All of those are important for church growth. It's true. But there's something that just still seemed like it's lacking, and I was thinking, no, there's something else. Something else. And that's where I want to bring your attention to Zechariah chapter 8, verse 20 and 22. <coughs> <coughs> I've been giving extra work to our AV team as they have to wipe down my mic at the end of every sermon. That's probably TMI, I'm sorry. So, Zechariah chapter 8, verse 20 and 22. How does a church grow? That, that question has been on my mind. 
And I think we should have it on our mind for this upcoming year of 2023. I don't want us to forget this. How does the church grow? Beyond social fellowship, beyond praise, beyond ministries. It's this verse right here. Many people and the inhabitants of many cities will yet come. And the inhabitants of one city will go to another city and say, let us go at once to entreat the Lord and seek the Lord Almighty. I myself am going. And many people and powerful nations will come to Jerusalem. For what purpose? Why do they want to go to their temple? Why do they want to go to their church? It's because they want to seek the Lord Almighty and to entreat him what what is the purpose for or what is the reason for true church growth it's when god's presence is here in our church that's when growth will genuinely take place if it's not there if god's presence is not there then that church is already a dying church But if God's spirit is in that church, then that church is vibrant. That church is alive for God, for others, for the community. That church has a spirit to live on, to push forward. That is the true temple of God. The context of this verse, Zechariah was a prophet who was called during the time that the construction of the second temple was going to be built. And before it was finalized, before it was finished, Zechariah received this word from God. And God said these words, that many people and the inhabitants of many cities will yet come, for they come to seek the Lord the Lord Almighty, and to entreat him. Now let's break this passage down one, a few phrases, or we'll just break it down. The first thing I want us to focus on that I think we can learn from is this part where who's coming to the church? Who's going to the temple that they're rebuilding? It's not just the people of Israel. It's just not the people of Judah. Who's the people? It's the people from other cities. It tells us that it's many people and the inhabitants of many cities will come to seek the Lord. In those cities, they're not just Jews, but there's also Gentile people who have somehow been affected and touched by the word of God, that they too will now go to the temple where Elohim is. Wow, that says a lot. These are like Rahab times a hundred or times a thousand perhaps. And here's the other thing about this beautiful text. Not only is it people coming from other cities to the temple to worship, to seek God out, but look at the urgency. When will they go? It tells us that let us go at once. That phrase right there where it says let us go at once, it means that they want to do it immediately. 
They're not waiting around. They, they feel the urgency. They sense it. They realize, I need God in my life today. So there's no dilly-dally. There's no wasting time. They're coming together, and they're going. Not tomorrow, but today, this very instant. And that's a lesson for us today. It's more than just, well, I need to get to church on time. You know, as a child, my parents would wake us up. Hey, it's church time. You need to get up. My sister, and I won't mention which one, would have the hardest time waking up. That my dad would go into her room, grab that blanket and throw it onto the floor. So that way she didn't have anything to keep her warm. But guess what we realized? She would just crawl from her bed and sleep on her blanket and curl up in it. (coughs) Was there urgency there? No, I think this urgency is a different type of urgency. I think this urgency is similar to what we experience here in the hospital. The hospital has codes, a code green for a disruptive person who might be threatening to other people, threatening to other patients. So they'll call a code green or a code blue because there's there's a heart that has stopped and those that are required to respond at a very timely basis needs to drop everything that they're doing to go to that code blue. That's urgent. That's a matter of life and death. Well, brothers and sisters, is salvation not life and death? Hence, the people have said, you know, they're talking amongst themselves. They're saying, let's go at once. Let us go at once. The urgency. How urgent have you been in seeking God in your life? Just a thought, a question that I want for, I want that question to stay in your mind for this entire year. I'm keeping that in my mind because I have to remember, if we're going to grow a temple of God here, I need to ask that question. What's my urgency for God? to guide, to bless, for me to seek him in truth. (coughs) Let us go at once. Then the next part I want us to look at is the phrase, to entreat the Lord and seek the Lord Almighty. That word entreat can also be translated as beseech. To beseech someone means that you are asking someone that's greater than you in the sense of their provisions that they can give you something that you, you cannot give to yourself. What's the one thing God can give us that we cannot ever find anywhere else? Salvation. Purpose. Meaning. One of the things we always ask as a chaplain, and Dave can, can confirm this, is that we ask for, we, we, we assess several things from a patient. We assessed hope, meaning. We also assessed holy, their relationship with God. 
because their relationship with God affects their well-being and how they will heal physically. So this idea to beseech the Lord, you and I need to recognize that we only come to God because we realize God can give us life. And the people then understood this. They're the ones that have awakened and said, hey, we need to beseech, we need to entreat the Lord in regard to our salvation. We need to seek God. When you, heard, when you hear that word seek, what comes to mind? What comes to mind? For me, Jeremiah 29, verse 10 through 13 comes to mind. Jeremiah 29, verse 10. If you want to turn your Bibles with me to there. And here's what Jeremiah 29, 10 says. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to, to bring you back to this place. Here's the most, one of the popular verses in scripture, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me. You see that word seek? You will seek me. Uh, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Then verse 14 says, then I will be found by you. <coughs> the urgency here is that the people were in captivity. The urgency here is that the people, their homes have been destroyed. The urgency here is that the people feel alone. And they realized to fill that void, it can only be God. Now, some might say, isn't that selfish for God to say, well, the only time you're going to find me is, you, is when you look for me completely. That might sound selfish, but just at surface level, in essence, it's not selfish because what God wants to honor is the love that you have for him. He's not going to force himself upon you. He wants you to seek him because you have realized you're nothing without him. And when your heart is set to search for him, you will do it earnestly. You will prioritize searching for him first above anything else. And maybe that's the best resolution, New Year's resol resolution you and I can ever have, is to place God first in everything that we do. That we entreat, beseech, and seek the Lord Almighty. And the promise is, is once you seek him with all your heart, then you will find him. last part of this verse, one that really resonates with me, is where it says, and many people and powerful nations will come to Jerusalem 
once the temple is rebuilt, they will come to Jerusalem to seek the Lord Almighty and to entreat him. That phrase right there, that first part, many people and powerful nations. Powerful nation? A powerful nation, the way I envision that and what I have seen in my research is that a powerful nation has all the means. They're well-equipped. They're financially strong. They might even have a military that can scare the bejesus out of other people, other nations. Food is not a problem. Homes, poverty is not a big concern for them. They are a powerful nation because, because they have the means. To me, the way I correlate this to us is God is not just for someone who is broken. God is not for someone who's lost. God is not only for those who are struggling, but God is also for those who are doing well in life. For a powerful nation to come to a foreign God, you know what that means? That means they have to humble themselves. One story that comes to mind is when Jonah went to the Ninevites and said, you need to repent. And what did the king of Nineveh do? He told his people, we're repenting because we don't want Elohim to destroy us. (coughs) That was a powerful nation at that time. A powerful nation having to step down and to Uh, to kneel down and to look up to a God that they don't know, but yet they have faith in this God because of what they have seen the people of God do. You know, when this decree to rebuild the temple, I believe that the powerful nation of Persia witnessed Daniel's faith. You remember that? I gave a sermon about two months ago about Daniel in the lion's den. And what did I tell you? I invited you to look at Daniel's story, not from the eyes of Daniel, but from the eyes of who? King Darius? King Darius must have seen a miracle, and he must have been so touched by it that he made this decree that he said, let's rebuild the temple. Because Daniel's God has rescued him from the jaws of the lion. Therefore, a heathen king wanted his own people to recognize God, to be in the presence of God. I believe this passage is a formula, it's an answer for us on how we grow as a church. I don't think we could take this lightly. We need to remember this for the rest of the year. As we develop plans for ministries, as we look towards Bible studies and prayer time, as we look at fellowship and social events, we still need to have God at the center. Is Jesus at the center of our church? Is Jesus at the center of how we treat one another? Is Jesus at the center of how we talk with one another? Is Jesus at the center of how we embrace each other? Is Jesus at the center of our church? If so, then 
then we will grow into that temple that God wants us to be. But God's presence has to be here. In closing, I'll invite Matthew and Russell to come up. (coughs) (coughs) Alexander McLaren was a Scottish Baptist preacher in the late 1800s. And this is his perspective on peace. If you found 2022 troubling, my question to you is, was God present in your life? Because according to Alexander, Pastor Alexander, he said, peace comes not, it does not come from the absence of trouble, but peace comes from what? The presence of God. Peace comes not from the absence of trouble, but peace comes from the presence of God. If you found 2022 to be in disarray or challenging, the question I have is, how welcoming were you to the presence of God in your life, in your home? We can always have more of God in our home, I think. So may 2023 be that for you. May you just open your doors wide open for him. And any resolution you have set for yourself or for your household will have more meaning. It will have more impact because it's aligned with God. It's because you're doing it with God.